Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, and welcome back to Stocks for Beginners. I'm Phil Muscatello, and uh, we're going to have a little mini episode today to discuss. GameStop, which seems to be the story of the moment and it's taken the, everyone's attention from COVID, which is fantastic. I'd like to introduce Enrique Abeda from Empire Financial Research back onto the podcast. How are you going, Enrique? Good, good. And yourself? Oh, fantastic. Thank you very much for talking about this. So I've been following you on Twitter and about this story. Can you just give us a quick potted overview of what actually happened with GameStop? Yeah, you know, look, I think that as we see the continued evolutions in technology, as we've seen for hundreds of years, there are unintended consequences of how things develop. And I don't see it as a bad thing, meaning that there's no government or think tank or whatever that can predict this stuff. I think what should happen in society is the stuff happens and we react to it. So in particular with GameStop, you know, I think you've seen the confluence of three or four things. Number one has been the continued, I guess they'll call it the democratization of trading, but the fact that we have made trading zero commission, you can do, you know, partial shares, you don't have to do 100 lots, you know, it, it just become the, the fluidity of trading, the ease of trading has become incredibly easy. So this, in turn, has opened it up to a much larger group of investors, to retail investors. And you know, retail investors really stepped away from the market in 1999. And I think what we've done is we've decreased the friction, allowing them to come into the market. At the same time, many of these platforms have employed gamification techniques, the same sort of things that the social media guys do. So you have this conflux of less friction, better ease of use, gamification, you know, all geared towards driving this engagement. Now, on top of that, you throw the Fed and the fiscal stimulus and people getting $600 checks, whether they kind of need them or not. And don't get me wrong, a lot of people need them. There, there's no doubt about it, but a lot of people are getting them that, that don't. And the other thing too is people, if you did lose your job during COVID, you have a lot of excess liquidity. You know, you're not going to bars, you're not going to restaurants, you're not going on vacation. And so you have a lot of bored people with an ease of trading, with gamified trading platforms and a ton of liquidity. Now, that's created sort of a powder keg that's been popping off here for the better part of a year. And it's one of the reasons the markets have done so well. And all of this has sort of collided or culminated with the continued advance in social platforms. So, you know, obviously people talk a lot about Facebook or, or um, you know, Twitter, but there are other platforms out there. And in particular, one that really has taken the role here is Reddit, where there is a board called Wall Street Bets. And what's interesting about Wall Street Bets 
is there's actually some really good research there. Like if you, I, I just read the other day, and again, it's posted on my Twitter, uh, one of the original posts around this GME situation. And I got to tell you, that was one of the best pieces of make money research I have read in my 25 years on Wall Street. You know, Wall Street bets, a portion of those people really seem to have a get it where they're not focused on, oh, the companies and the fundamentals and the valuation. They're focused on making money. And they understand liquidity and all that. So really what you saw is on Wall Street bets, you had a number of smart people, very smart people that really understood the markets, begin to put out these situations where they said, look, you know, if enough of us get involved in this particular liquidity setup, we might be able to create uh, our own liquidity. And, and you know, these, this is called a bear raid. Um, it used to happen in the 1800s and it happened in the 1980s. And by the way, hedge funds have been doing it for, for you know, 50, 25 years. But this time you essentially had this combination of, I don't know what the number is, a million retail investors. Maybe it's 100,000, maybe it's 2 million. I, I will tell you there's 3 million people on Wall Street bets. But they all ganged up in bear raids on these particular stocks, and they're doing so at a hyper velocity because of these platforms. And so you you know strength begets strength, and weakness begets weakness in in, in stock markets, right? And so what you saw the first phase of this, which I'll, I'll comment about the good or bad of it. The first phase of this is you saw a, a select group of stocks see explosive upside as these guys piled in as a group and essentially caused short covering. And you saw something like GameStop go from 20 to freaking 400. Now, um, and I know I'm just kind of going on and on, but let me, let me continue with this. Uh, that's not good. There's no doubt about it. Like, you know, there will be a, a lot of investors. What happens with these things over and over is they inflate and then they deflate. There, there's no doubt about it. And there'll be a lot of retail investors that will lose money in that, and that's bad. But the right response to this are actually regulatory responses that we've done before. You know, increase margin requirements, put in circuit breakers, you know, put in greater requirements for optionality. In fact, put in breaks to the gamification factors that you've seen there. Have the SEC or others come in and actually talk stuff down. Like that's what we've done for 30 years and it works. Like, you know, and look, people are still going to make, people are still going to lose money. But by the way, a whole bunch of people just made money. That's the markets. Instead, what happened today was a complete and total travesty. You have these platforms, many of which, and, and the funny thing about this is, the wolves were wolves. Goldman and, and J.P. Morgan and, and Citadel, they just did what they did. You know, it's a wolf in wolf clothing. I, I really don't have a problem with. You know, what we had instead were, were what we thought were sheep and turned out to be wolves or, or kind of like, you know, imbecilic wolves. I will get to that in a second. But you had a lot of these gamified platforms that have, that have pushed people into this behavior and then unilaterally, without explanation, they took away the ability of these people to trade. Now, they'll say, well, we gave them the ability to sell, just not the ability to buy. But let's be clear, no one ever put money on any of these platforms saying, hey, you know what? There might be some moment where for no reason whatsoever, like that's my fault or anything that I did, I won't be able to buy more of a specific stock. The reason I go on, like, like, let's disclose that. Let's make that. Oh, guys, by the way, at any given moment, we could just say you can't buy or sell a particular stock, even if you're already involved in it. They never did that. None of that happened. 
So you have investors, and I put this one on Twitter. You know, I said, I, I almost want to read it because I, I wrote it pretty well. Um, I wrote, um, hold on one second. I'm pulling, sorry, I'm pulling this out. So let me get this straight. In order to protect retail investors from big losses in GME, AMC, et cetera, these stocks, the brokerages prevent trading in them, thus creating big losses for retail investors. So, so what they did under the auspices of protecting these investors, they caused all of them to lose 50% of the money. Now, you know, to me, there's just a violation of a covenant here. There's multiple things. Number one, you know, in the aftermarket, uh, the biggest of the of these of these platforms, and I just don't like naming names, but the biggest of these platforms came in and said, "Well, there might have been liquidity things, you know, all this stuff." You could have said all that at nine a.m. Okay, you didn't. You didn't say any of it. You were just, and all of them were quiet. And I got to tell you, not every one of these platforms had this issue. So that's that's point number one. The disclosure was terrible. Point number two, you had twenty other things you could have done besides eliminating the ability to trade. Okay. Point number three, every single one of these platforms should be on a blacklist. They have an opportunity now, in my opinion, in the next 24, 48 hours to come out, say, we messed this up. Our communication sucked. We're never going to do this again. Let us tell you what we might do, which makes more sense, but is more fair. But, but again, it's, it's a disclosure. And, and let me say, legally, they're probably within their right. But you know what? Like it's a free market. People have choices to make. And, you know, I think if you're a platform that shut these investors out, um, you've got a real big issue that you've got a lot of explaining to do. And, and you, you need to you need to go forward and make sure this doesn't happen again. So, you know, look, I, I, the funny thing is I, what, what was happening prior to this was crazy and it was bad, but it was a natural bad. It was and it wasn't a it wasn't it was a, it was a there, there was no villain. There was no one doing individual doing the wrong it was a system that was evolving and going through growing pains as they always do and what happened today though was not natural was unnatural like you know and again maybe it's the system going through growing pains but but this was this was a complete and total travesty man like i i i'm i'm ashamed i mean i i don't know like you know i guess i'm from old wall street i'm not ashamed of old wall street wolves were wolves these other platforms though it's it's embarrassing it's disgusting i am literally physically disgusted by what happened today to the to these retail investors. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Enrique, can we just go back to the start? So what happened was is that they all of these um, Reddit guys, the uh, Wall Street Bets guys, they they found a, a, a stock that was heavily shorted. And so when they started investing in it, it lit a, a fire under it because there was all this short unwinding. And that's when people are, are betting that the price of a stock is going to go down. But if the position goes against them, um, they have to get out really quickly, which is part of what fueled this. Is that is that's the case? Am I saying that correctly? That's certainly, yeah, there's certainly an element of it. You know, the funny thing about all these, these choices, though, you know, what set off the GME thing um, is the, uh, you know, this guy, Ryan Cohen coming from Chewy, 
over to GME. I mean, look, my friend Michael Burry had been pitching GME at four. He had a really interesting deep value thesis. Um, you know, Ryan has a great track record. Um, you know, I, it's funny as I, I saw something the other day that said, you know, if 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 GameStop traded at the same price to sales ratio of Chewy, it would trade at four hundred dollars. I forget the number. It doesn't it doesn't matter. But, you know, look, stock stocks are ultimately the, the prices are just opinions. Unless a company goes bankrupt or is sold, you know, who's to say that Chewy as a money losing retailer is worth, you know, and I'm just pulling it up here. Yeah, let's let's do this as an exercise. Actually, this will be a good exercise. I'll probably I'll probably post this on Twitter too. So, Chewy trades at uh, trades at six times price to sales and is money losing. Okay, okay. Um, GameStop at today's price, which is now uh, now down, it's at two hundred. Trades at 2.4 times price to sales and is money making or slightly money making. Okay. So, so you, you, you explain to me, explain to me why money losing Chewy should trade at six times and, and money making again, I get it. They'll say, oh, well, the future cash flows, but stocks are just a matter of opinion. It's a matter of, are there more enthusiastic buyers than sellers? There were more enthusiastic buyers here. So again, I, I, I do think regulators and brokers needed to step in or would step in to put more natural kind of liquidity into the market as they've done a hundred times before. You don't do that by removing people's ability to trade with no disclosure whatsoever. That's just, you know, again, the market will, well, the market will make the decision uh, about, you know, how right or wrong that is ultimately. So you don't think short covering was that huge a part of it? I think short covering was a huge part of it. Oh, okay. It was a huge part. What I'm saying, though, well, first off, I'm saying, who gives a shit whether the stock went up because of short covering or not short covering? It went up, okay? There's only, there's only one truth in markets, price, okay? That's the only truth. Everything else is opinion. So, like, whether it went up because of short covering or not, but again, you know, it's also like these guys, like, like you know, GameStop's a lot less bullshit than Kodak, you know, or, or some of these things. What, what's fascinating too about AMC, the other one, uh, you know, look, if AMC gets the liquidity, AMC's quite the, the turnaround, you know, subject. Because we just discussed, Chewy, you know, sits there at this huge valuation. And I guess someone would say, well, yeah, they're money losing, but they're growing really fast, you know, but, but you know, what the hell does that mean? It doesn't mean anything. Um, you know, are, are they returning any cash flow to me? Am I getting any dividends? Am I getting any anything? No, I'm not. It's just opinion. So, you know, getting back to it, there was an explosive situation. Mad credit to these Wall Street bets guys. They were really good trading. Um, there didn't need to be something done about this situation. But what was done today was absolutely a travesty. And, you know, I, I hope we never see something like this again, because we don't need to. Fantastic, Enrico. <laughs> That's a great. I'm going to call this Enrico's rant. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I, I don't rant you're angry. often. Yeah, no, no, today, you're angry. Today, I can see you're angry it, about this. And, and I can see us, but this is kind of the whole thing. This is kind of a, it's like you say, it's a democratization of trading. And it's also you know, tables are being turned. There's a whole whole range of stories here. I mean, I read one story the other day where someone was saying that there's a lot of young people who are locked out of finance, property, making money, and this is almost like a, um, a peasant's revolt. 
Well, you know, and, and I posted today on on Twitter. I posted from Wikipedia a history of peasant revolts. Um, oh, really? I, I didn't even title that. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I should have. I should have put. A, I should have put a caption on it to be honest, because um, yeah. I, I was just in a hurry. But you know, look, I mean, people people in the establishment wonder why people are so angry yep. on both the left and the right. Well, well, here you go. Okay, so you had a bunch of 20 and 30 somethings. And some of these people are making serious money. I'm not here to judge whether they're making the right decision or the wrong decision. There's people that go out and gamble. There's people that go out and start, you know, freaking restaurants, which is a terrible idea. You know, like people make all kinds of bad decisions. But now you had moments. I you, you could see on Reddit, there were people posting. I saw a post where someone showed how they paid off their college debt, said, I never thought I was going to be able to pay this off. But I was be able. I was able to pay this off yet, and then you you do this, and you wonder why people are angry. I mean, oh my dear lord! Like, what are you thinking? And so, you know, look, I, I think uh, Robin Hood's in a tough spot. Um, Without naming that names, they. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sorry, no. But I mean, I'm going to okay. give no, Robin no. Hood a, 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 no, no. Hold on, hold on here. I'm going to give Robin Hood an ability to to an out. You know, I think that I don't doubt that they had some liquidity concerns. I think they certainly had a lot of political concerns. Um, I think they flubbed this horribly. They have an opportunity now to correct this and come out and say, we will never do this again. They could have done something where they could have said, you know what? We're going to restrict buying, but you can only buy 100 shares every every five minutes, every 10 minutes, whatever. You know, And, and again, you can put brakes on things without cutting them off completely. And um, so I, I don't like I, I don't. They're not bad guys. I don't think there's a conspiracy. Like the, there's, there's this idea there's conspiracy of Citadel, who, who's a big portion of Robin Hood's revenues comes in. I mean, but here's the thing. If I'm sitting on, I'm on the board of Robin Hood, I sit there and I go, well, yeah, Citadel's a big portion of our revenues. You know, what are our options? They chose a really bad option, you know, and, and to a certain extent, some of the other brokers that followed them, they might even be worse because they don't have necessarily those issues and they chose to do this. Um, look, you know, good people can make bad decisions. I think uh, a bunch of people made a really, really bad decision. But, you know, this has unintended consequences. You know, again, people, people in these positions act with impunity, because they believe there's no ramifications to their actions. And then when the stuff that happened both on the left and the right, you know, in, in the last year happens, they scratch their heads. There are ramifications, you know, and I, I don't know what they're going to be. And I'm not like throwing threats or anything. It's just, it was bad, man. It was a screw up. It was a really bad screw up. It was disappointing. It is, but it, it, it's also interesting that the, um, the, the flip side of free brokerage is that your data is going to be going to hedge funds who are going to be making lots and lots of little tiny bets against you. And I think it's a great point. You know, uh, we, we have, I have a, I have a, a satire site um, called hard money. Uh, um, it's on, 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 on Twitter. It's oh, is, that, hard money is, is that you? I didn't realize um, it was you. Yeah. I follow it. Yeah. That's, that's me. That's me. Actually. That's actually my site. Um, if you go onto the site, www.hard-money.net, I'm actually, my Twitter's on there and we posted, uh, we posted a, a satire story. It's like the onion for Robin Hood, wall street bets, but, but we're, we're, we're actually going to, there's a, there's a plan that we're going to kind of, cause I'm on there. Like we're, we're trying to do non satire stuff too. Trust me. There's a, there's a long-term plan, but we, we did a post. I want to, I want to read it. Um, which kind of goes to your point. Hold on one second. This post says, um, uh, 
They can't do this to loyal customers, say man who has paid zero dollars in five years as Robinhood user. So you're, you're right. Like, like, you know, like for people to complain for a platform, because I always say this with Facebook and, and, and Google, you know, you know, don't complain about this awesome service you get that you've never paid a friggin' dime for. So there's an element of that. So I, you know, look, I, I'm not saying that this is a one-sided equation. What I am saying is no one on earth went into one of these platforms thinking they were going to wake up one day and they couldn't buy a stock. You know, that's the period end of story. Like that's, that's not debatable. And I think it was a big mistake to do what they did. Enrique, thank you very much for joining me today. Happy to, happy to help and, uh, you know, hit me up and uh, we'll, we'll see what craziness comes next. Stocks for Beginners is for information and educational purposes only. It isn't financial advice and you shouldn't buy or sell any investments based on what you've heard here. Any opinion or commentary is the view of the speaker only, not Stocks for Beginners. This podcast doesn't replace professional advice regarding your personal financial needs, circumstances or current situation. And thanks to Christopher Sulos for music production out of Garlic Breath Studio. Music flows when the money don't. Music flows when the money don't.